can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. Right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido, and the Celtics fall to the Golden State Warriors 111-107. I am joined by a friend of the pod, Andrew Boyne. Boyne, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I think this is my uh, my third podcast. A lot's happened. I'm, I'm 25. I'm breaking down my body hurts and uh <laughs> the celtics are breaking my heart yet again and the celtics are also breaking down but we'll talk about that uh gonna fall today's podcast same as usual run through play of the game run through some of the highs some of the lows i have some trade talk that i want to get your opinion on uh but to get things started off here i'll kick it over to you for player of the game who do you got I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. Um, I like how he facilitated the ball. I also liked how he drove uh, instead of just chucking up threes. I've been a big critic of Marcus every time I've been on the pod, but I actually did have some nice things to say about him throughout the game. Um, so I'm going to go Marcus as my player of the game. And just so just so everyone listening has a, a complete understanding of what happened this entire game was Andrew Saw something good that Marcus did. Oh, great drive, great dish. We should trade him. Every single play. Marcus Smart would do something amazing. Diving, save, whatever it was. Like, oh, great play by Marcus Smart. We should get rid of him. Every time, without fail. It's just a natural instinct where I I feel like... (laughs) Without fail. I feel like when he touches the ball, something bad is going to happen. And... uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I keep talking that he's going to do something bad, he'll do something good and shut me up. But uh, I like how he's playing, and uh, yeah, he, he looked good tonight. No, I will say this. I mean, as far as like as far as far his game goes tonight, you saw you saw him punch the, the ball out after one of the jump balls uh, out to Tatum for the dunk and transition. You saw the diving play late in the game that really gave the Celtics a chance late in the fourth that that was a tommy point it was it is like these are the these are the plays that make marcus smart marcus smart in a good way I, i'd say there are a lot of people that can say some of his shots are what makes marcus smart marcus smart but the marcus smart that we know and love is the defensive guy the guy that makes winning plays and he had a lot of those tonight so i will agree with you on that uh, the guy I'm going to go with as far for player of the game for me at least is Jason Tatum tonight. And uh, honestly, I was I was leaning towards going Josh Richardson on this uh, because he gave the Celtics a big scoring punch when we needed it in the second quarter when the Celtics were really falling behind. Uh, but Jason Tatum tonight stepped it up from a facilitating standpoint. Uh, and that's you know something we've been calling for for a lot of this season. End of the game, 27 points, 8 rebounds, uh, but also chipped in 6 assists. And that, to me, is the important part of his game. Uh, so overall, I mean, you look at it, for him, him and Jalen Brown really dominated the third quarter. And I, I know we talked, we'll talk about this later in the, the podcast as well. But to start the third quarter, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had all 17 points of a 17-5 to run to start the third quarter, which is mind-blowing. 
And and it kind of proves those those haters wrong, where you know these guys can't play together. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, one one guy has to shoot, one guy has to you know take over the possessions, you know, three or four times in a row. But they can clearly work off of each other, and those seventeen points in a row just between those two just proves that point. Yeah, and it wasn't even it was the way they were playing. Also, it's not even just iso ball, iso ball, iso ball. Like during those you know first six minutes. It was a lot of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing off of each other. It was pick and roll games. It was Jalen Brown driving, dishing to Tatum. It was Tatum driving, dishing to Jalen. Like, that's the type of basketball that we've been longing to see. Uh, So it's good. The issue with tonight's game is the fact that we didn't get as much contributions outside of that. You know, we saw Marcus Smart, which obviously you had talked about. I talked briefly about Josh Richardson providing a spark in the second, but outside of, you know, the two J's and then smart and Richardson didn't really get too much of help throughout the rest of the team. I know there's one guy that you wanted to talk about and that was Aaron Neesmith. So, I mean, uh, what do you, what did you think about his game today? I mean, I I think he's shown improvement since his rookie year. Um, I have a tough, decision to make who I think contributes more between him or Romeo and just because Neesmith seems to be more available than Romeo because Romeo's injury prone I, I have to give the nod to to Neesmith but um I, the and one drive that he had and you know he, he got fired up he was flexing I mean that's great to see I mean every time I watch him he just seems kind of like a a quiet contributor where he's a little bit tentative but that that was a play that um, I was happy for him to make because it, it showed that he's gained confidence over, you know, whatever it's been a year and a half since he's been in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, I'm like, I'm so conflicted with Neesmith because, you know, he came into the league and immediately started calling himself a sniper, right? Like he was saying that he's the best shooter in the draft and we saw it at spurts. I mean, he had a, a couple great performances where he was money from deep. Uh, this season hasn't really been the case, right? He's definitely struggled from deep. I mean, even tonight, two of six, which again, it's not terrible. Uh, it could be better if you're a if you're labeled as a shooter. But one of the things that he's been doing pretty well this season that I didn't really expect to see from him are those like drives, the baseline drives, throwing up fake, get to the get to the rim. And it's something that Romeo Langford's doing a lot of too. I've talked about that a bunch over the last couple of weeks with Romeo, but you're right. I mean, if you're looking at durability, it's not even close. Like Romeo, I mean, again, tonight got banged up pretty hard. So, I mean, he really, I mean, he got the start tonight. And yeah, then, but he went. So he, he was 0 for 3, 0 for 2 from 3, and got hit in the head and was out for the rest of the game. Yeah. So. Like, he only got eight minutes of playing time and then was out for the rest of the game. So, I mean, that part that part's tough. You know, I'm surprised that it's Romeo and not Neesmith that keeps getting hurt, seeing as Neesmith is, you know, all over the place. It's like a bull in a china shop, just running amok everywhere. But somehow the guy just continues to be pretty durable for someone that runs off the wall every time he every time he gets onto the floor. But, you know, that's a, 
it's a tough game for the Celtics because you saw, obviously, the Celtics came back in the third. Like, we got outscored 34-26 in the first, 34-28 in the second, uh, but had a killer third. 27-14 we outscored Golden State by, which is their worst scoring quarter of the season for Golden State, one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, But the Celtics couldn't close out. But I want to talk real quick about, you know, why they couldn't close out and where a lot of the the scoring disappeared from today. And it's injuries. It's COVID protocols, right? We had six players out tonight, five of which had COVID. And, you know, one of them being our sixth man, potential starter, probable starter in tonight's game, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Right, with Al Horford, Grant Williams, you know, Schroeder probably would have been in line to start. He had a non-COVID illness. He was the only one that missed because of something that wasn't COVID-related. Uh, I mean, at this point, just go to, like, an LA Fitness to get somebody. Because, I, I mean, we got... <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah, tough when you have everybody Bro- got... Roderick Thomas, number 97. I mean, that's a D-line number, buddy. Like, we got to get a better number for him. And then Bruno Fernando. We didn't even see him out there. Well, just, I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't deserve to play. No, I know, but just throw somebody out there. I don't know. It, just, it was tough to look at the bench and see four people sitting on the bench and expect to beat, you know, the number one team in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. This is a, this is a game where the Celtics, I don't think, were, they weren't slated to win by any means. You know, again, Golden State is probably the best team in the NBA. They're obviously without Klay Thompson. The Celtics have shown that they are a 500 team at this point. Uh, but we were missing six guys, and we made a run at it. You know, you got to give the Celtics a lot of credit for battling back into this. A lot of it in the third quarter, we talked about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, really running the offense. Uh, Marcus Smart had a couple of massive defensive plays that kept him in the game. You know, so these are these are some of the positives from today's game. With that being said, there are certainly a lot of negatives, and I want to dive into those. Before we do that, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, You'll be a winner once a single point's scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. 
One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Time for a new favorite sponsor alert. Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so this is a this is a tough loss. I want to talk some negatives here, so I'll kick it over to you here. What happened to the Celtics tonight? Where did you see this game kind of slipping away from them? I thought in the fourth quarter when we could have narrowed down the lead, I think it was... I don't know, 73 to 71 at the at, at one point. Um, and in back-to-back possessions, we just went 0 for 4 from the line. I mean, that's just, you know, unexcusable. And it's tough because that's a momentum changer. If you can tie up the game, get the crowd back in it. I know we had, you know, Time Lord shooting two of them, and he's he's not great. Um, but Richardson missing two. That, that's just not what we want to see uh, coming out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, it, realistically, the Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA, free throw-wise. They shoot 81.5%, I think, on the season, which is second in the NBA, but behind the Brooklyn Nets. And tonight shot 20 of 29, 69 nice percent from the, from the free throw line. And that's just not going to get it done. Like, when you play a team like the Warriors, you need everything going. And you're right, I mean, it's a... It's a momentum killer. When the Celtics had the opportunity in the third quarter to, you know, really make this a game and cut the lead down, potentially take a lead, the Celtics couldn't capitalize on those those free throws. So you're right. It's a it's a huge issue. You know, for me, it was really two things. It was free throws and it was rebounding. You know, you look at the way the Warriors rebounded tonight. They had 12 offensive rebounds. And in the first quarter, like they, it, it just seemed like the Celtics, every time they went to box out someone from the Warriors, the Warriors just somehow got an offensive rebound. Yeah. I mean, when you have Ennis Freedom, you know, standing in the middle of the lane and a guy chucks up a three and then it's able to get all the way back to him without a seven foot guy touching the ball. I mean, that's, that's not good either. I mean, this guy is a liability out there. It just shows you the lack of, lack of depth. And obviously, you know, you can't, um, you can't do anything with COVID, but hopefully Al can get back as fast as possible. And we can get some, some guys that can rebound out there. Yeah, this is uh, I mean, it's a tough game. You look at the offensive rebounds, you look at the turnovers. We had 16 turnovers tonight. Again, like all of all of these stats just compound to put the Celtics in just a really shitty situation. Right? Like we were down 14-3 early. Down 34-26 after the first. Like 
the Warriors in the first quarter alone had five offensive rebounds. And not even to mention, like, at the at the half, we were down 68-54 at halftime, and Marcus Smart had that foul. Granted, probably shouldn't have been called a foul. It seemed like a pretty BS call, especially with, you know, the way the refs have been calling fouls this season. It looks like Steph Curry leans into him. Am I biased? Sure. But I don't think that's a foul. But even if that's the case, what was that, 0.4 seconds? Just lay off, just honest, lay off of him. That's basic basketball. I know it's Steph Curry. He's the greatest shooter of all time. But the odds of him making a 65-foot shot is... With 0.4 seconds. Like, he, yeah. he, couldn't take a, he couldn't take a dribble. He needed to heave it up from past half court. Why are you jumping anywhere near him? Yeah, that, and then you know that's people why. people can complain about it being a bonehead foul or a bad call. Like the fact of the matter is, you shouldn't be that close. And that's why I'm packing Marcus's bag and sending him out of Boston. Nah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I do want to talk some trades. It's not gonna. Marcus Smart is not gonna be the the focal point of this conversation. But we'll move away from the game a little bit because there's only so many bad things that you can talk about. But. I want to talk about Dennis Schroeder real quick because we were talking earlier during the game. Um, Dennis Schroeder, probably the best best signing of the offseason for Brad Stevens. Got him in an absolute steal. Turned down four years, $84 million at the Lakers because he wanted $100 million, right? Celtics ended up stealing him for 5.9. But the Celtics were at a point where Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this over to you. I'm gonna I want to hear your opinion on this first. But Dennis Schroeder, trade or no trade? What are your thoughts? Um, I I say I say we keep them. Uh, at this point, I don't think the Celtics are in a position, um, barring something incredible, where they're going to be making a run uh, deep into the playoffs or looking to you know make it to the NBA Finals, but. I think you keep him. Uh, I mean, he's second on your team in assists with 4.8 behind Marcus. Um, and then he's pretty high up there with points. I believe he's third on the team with points. So at least having him be a, be a six-man type and just coming off and providing some type of stable scoring uh, and playmaking ability off the bench, uh, I say you have to you have to keep him. I, I'd try to move some of the younger guys like a, a Langford or a um, Neesmith. I know they might not get a ton for them, for that value, but uh, I, I would keep shorter. Okay, so hear me out. Right now, the Celtics aren't going to be able to sign him next year. Right? The guy makes $5.9 million. The most that we could pay him next year, if we decide to re-sign him, is 20% more, which is the the taxpayer full, the full taxpayer exception. Right? So if that's the case and he decides to sign, it's an absolute steal again. However, I would say that on on a scale of 1 to 10, there's probably like it's a 3 out of 10. I would say the level the chances of us re-signing him are slim to none. Right? So the Celtics over the last 6 years have done a phenomenal job of bringing in great talent and letting them walk away for absolutely nothing. 
So Brad Stevens bringing in this talented guy, someone who's second in the team in assists, third in scoring, is going to walk for nothing because the Celtics can't afford to pay him. So doesn't it make sense to try and get either a second round pick, potential first round pick protected, or just even a young guy and bring him in and not let him walk in the offseason? Well, what type of young guy would you be would you be looking for? I feel like we have enough wing players. You'd be looking for shooting. You need shooting. A guy like Bryn Forbes comes to mind. You know, he's a guy that, you know, last year in Milwaukee, you saw a, a pretty big stretch from him. But the guy's not making a lot of money. He's not in Milwaukee anymore, but like he's a guy that, you know, the Celtics realistically could go after. But you look at it, I don't, I, I'm not even pinpointing it to Bryn Forbes. Like, you just need shooting at this point. I think it's very clear that. Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder together don't work. Like, they can't play on the same court together. When they do, Marcus Smart turns into the Marcus Smart that everybody hates. He's a scorer because Dennis Schroeder stuck with the ball. You see in games like tonight or in games, honestly, for the vast majority of this season when Schroeder's not on the court, Marcus Smart, when he is the point guard, can facilitate. And he limits his shots. But that's not always the case when both of those guys are playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were to get rid of Schroeder, I would get a pick and then try to stash away picks and in, in hopes of either trading up or packaging a deal or um, something like that. I personally don't think that we need to get another young wing or a point guard. If you're going to trade away Schroeder, do picks or a big guy for depth. Just because Ennis Freedom's not the answer and Al's old. Um, so those would be my two options. But Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fine. I mean, trading for picks, you know, picks make the world go around in the NBA. They really, I mean, that's what you package stuff together with to get bigger guys. And that's what the Celtics are seemingly going to do. I mean, that's... All of the rumors, as much as as much as most of it is just BS, you know, reporters going with clickbait, like all the rumors are saying that the Celtics want to add a third star to this team. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But if that's the case, the Celtics are going to need picks in order to do that. And they're going to need potential players. Dennis Schroeder, his value is not very high because of his expiring contract. But for, you know, teams that are contending and are maybe one piece away from doing it this year, Schroeder could be that guy. And that's where the Celtics can take advantage of it, right? So that, to me, is a a big issue. You know, it's something that the Celtics should take advantage of at this point. But I don't know. The The other thing that I wanted to talk about, and we can wrap it up after this, is... COVID is what, what is the NBA going to do? You know, they showed a stat earlier today. So far this season, 84 players have entered the COVID protocols, 16 of which were today. And uh, they came in, said that they're going to increase the, the screening 
for it. You know, are we heading back to the exact same situation we were in, you know, a year, two years ago at this point? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that you can go back to the bubble uh, just with how we've opened up arenas and kind of the whole world is taken COVID in strides and, and we have certain measures to um, remediate COVID, but maybe there's a break in the schedule for a week or two just for people to get healthy. Um, I'm not sure. I, I just don't think that you can completely cut the season off and then try to go back to the bubble a month or two down the road. It, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. It feels like we're back in 2020 and the world's about to shut down again with all these COVID cases. Yeah. I mean, I'm listen, I'm, I'm over it. All right. Like I've been, uh, I've been to four games so far this season and I get it. No, like nobody's in the, nobody's in the arena wearing masks. They say you don't need to wear a mask if you're actively eating or drinking. You have a beer in your hand the entire time. You're not wearing a mask. That's the way it is. So I don't know that it's necessarily spreading to all the fans, but the players keep seeming to get it. Like this has been an ongoing issue. And at this point, like if you've got like the Nets, seven, eight guys out, like the Bulls, seven, eight guys out due to COVID protocols, like you're you're bringing up a bunch of guys from the G League. You're paying a bunch of extra money. You're going over the tax dollars. And it's just hurting teams at this point. Like to me, I'm not I'm not sure if it's worth it. And I, I saw a stat earlier today, like the Brooklyn Nets had to bring up three guys, like on ten day contracts, because of where their team stood with COVID protocols, with everybody injured. We obviously we saw the Kyrie news. The Nets are letting him come back as a part time player. Uh, but on top of that, they had to bring in three guys on ten day contracts. They paid him. They pay him jack shit ninety seven thousand dollars for the ten days, and because they're over the cap, they have to pay one point five million dollars for less than three hundred thousand dollars worth of contracts because they're over the tax. Like there's a serious issue for most of the teams in the NBA. A lot of them are over the tax at this point. Can you expect the owners, you know, to continue to pony up all these extra dollars or do you put the season on pause for a couple weeks? Well, one thing that I've been seeing just with social media is, you know, obviously Steph has a right to celebrate um, breaking the NBA three point record. But a lot of these guys are, you know, going out and celebrating at clubs and whatever it may be. And it seems like everyone has let their guard down. I mean, even including myself. So I think Adam Silver needs to go on the offense and just say, we need to tighten this up. We can only, you know, travel to certain hotels. You can't have any extracurriculars if they really want the NBA to be back to its full full lineups, full schedule, no breaks. I think that's the only way to do it is kind of lay the hammer down on the extracurricular activities outside of basketball. I'll tell you this, NBA players are not going to be happy, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. Boy, and appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to joining another one. Absolutely. So that's where we're going to wrap things up, guys. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die. And Celtics got another one tomorrow night. Make sure to tune in again. 
Celtics versus the Knicks. Big game. Big game at the Garden again. Uh, have a good night, Celtics fans. Talk soon. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic.